0: Hi, I'm Matt Kirkegaard and welcome to this special edition Brewery Pro podcast. It's probably fair to describe hops as the loudest voice in the choir of ingredients, at least when it comes to beer. In addition to driving the modern craft beer movement, they also drive beer styles, including the many variations of IPA that inhabit the beer world today. For all that, and despite the thousands of potential new varieties that are crossed every year, It's not often that a hop enters commercial trials, and even rarer for a hop to graduate to full commercialisation. Today, Hop Products Australia, or HBA, celebrates that milestone, with the hop that has been trialled as HPA016. It's a hop that, as I scan the beer media that I read, especially overseas, it has created some genuine excitement amongst brewers. So as HPA launches Eclipse, I caught up with their sales and marketing manager Owen Johnson to talk about the development and commercialisation of the hop, as well as Deeds Brewing's head brewer Justin Corbett, who has trialled Eclipse as HPA 016 and also used it in the beer that Deeds has contributed to a very special Eclipse launch pack available through Beer Cartel. Owen Johnson and Justin Corbett, welcome to this Brewery Pro podcast.
1: Hello, thank you. Thanks, Matt.
0: Now, OJ, today, big news. It's the uh, big naming ceremony for the hop formerly known as HPA 016.
1: Yes, we're having a, uh, a, a name day celebration today after quite a few years, of course, in our program and then out to trial with breweries. Um, we're, uh, you know, we're having one of those rare and exciting times, And if you're a real hop nerd, that we get to name name an experimental hop and take it out into the big wide
0: world you you can make light of it but it is a big day when you look at how long it takes for a hop you know such as eclipse um as as it's now called to go from crossbreeding through trials to finally uh yes this is one that we're we're going to back in you know for brewers
1: that's uh yeah it is pretty uh It it is a bit of an achievement, especially if you just think in terms of numbers uh, through the breeding program. You know, we might be throwing three to five thousand cultivars, new cultivars every year through the program uh, or out of the breeding program, I should say, and into the field for trials. And I'm pretty sure I'm right. I think Eclipse is the only hop left out of the whole uh, 2004 crossing season. Uh, you know, just as Galaxy is the only hop left out of the 1994 cohort of, of cultivars, and the attrition rate is very high, um, and to have one come through to commercialisation is is rare, and it is it is like you know there's a sense of achievement there, and um, certainly uh, certainly some excitement that that it's um, finding homes in some great beers.
0: Just to put 2004 for the cross into perspective, when was Galaxy crossed? 1994. So uh, 10 years, so we're almost working to a 10-year plan at, at this stage.
1: Oh, look, I, I, I could I could agree with you there. It probably makes it sound like we uh, are in control of it. But <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: the
1: the thing about the, the program is that advanced cultivars, our advanced variety trials, there will be a, a smaller suite of varieties in our final stages of, of the program. And, and, you know, I, I kind of feel like we don't buy into them very much with much emotion at that point because there is there is still so much proof to go before we can unequivocally say that this has great impact in beer and this will do what it says on the label and this is a hop to get excited about and start thinking about how to get it in some beers
0: and Uh, i mean eclipse is a great example of that because for a long time it was playing second fiddle to what was then hpa 035 which you thought was going to be the one that graduated that's
1: right, and there are sort of some um, definite uh, decisions with with a different perspective that led to O35 being the lead hop at that point in time. We were looking for something that wasn't down the you know super citrus fruit forward end of the spectrum. We wanted some uh, you know some spice and some floral into our into our lineup of offerings, our flavour offering. Um, but it was a complex hop. It was hard to use. It was. Uh, you know, it wasn't a 10 out of 10 impact in beer hop. And we, we kind of figured after that didn't get great, um, didn't generate great excitement and didn't get uh, uptake um, in a commercial sense. It was, we sort of went back and thought, why not? And we've got such a small opportunity to register on the minds of brewers through their MPD programs. We've just got a split second in time to make a difference in a trial beer. It's got to be high impact. It's got to be, right up there in the highest echelons of preference. You know, if you're, if you're say you've got five or six beers in a, in a run, you need it to be the one that people go, oh, I don't know what it was about that, but I really like that one. Uh, you know, if you haven't got over that initial preference hurdle, the impact in beer, and, uh, and hopefully with a bit of luck, a very clear and repeatable flavour profile, I think you, I think your hurdle's too high. I think you might not get success.
0: And that's where it's interesting that, you know, like, this was a cross that was identified in 2004, so 16 years ago, but it's a hop that seems to have been embraced very much to fit into a modern, you know, recent trend, so, which describes, uh, in a nutshell, the challenges of hop breeding well into the future.
1: Oh, absolutely. And if uh, Dr. Simon Wittock, uh, running our breeding program here, um, if, he, if he has accepted this challenge and, it's, and it is, what, what are we crossing for 10 or 15 years from now? What is it that we want that program to throw for interesting and diverse flavours, uh, you know, with a couple other mandatories like 10 out of 10 impact? Um, yeah. How, what does that look like? What does that mean? Uh, in his world. And so, like, hats off that, uh, to him and his team that they can um, continue to present um, great material that fits in with modern beer styles, such as the ones that, uh, you know, Justin's uh, made with Eclipse, you know, in a, in a beer style called Nipah that wasn't even around when I was running a brewery.
0: <laughs> well, we won't get Justin to, to to jump in there. Justin, how long have you been brewing?
2: Well, I started putting bottles in boxes when i moved to australia in um uh mid
0: 2015 so <laughs> i started at uh, at
2: holgate in Woodend.
0: you weren't even an apple in a brewer's eye when uh, <laughs> this this was uh, first crossed
2: yeah no i was uh I, you know i was uh homebrewing in singapore because i couldn't afford to drink out
0: <laughs> it's <was> so expensive
2: <laughs> then i got to australia and got a real education and decided that if I wanted to continue to have beers, I was probably just going to have to make them myself and we should look to do it on a larger scale. <laughs> so again,
0: even in you know, 2015, um, when, when you were starting to brew, um, some of the beers that we're seeing uh, Eclipse used in now weren't being brewed commonplace. So when you first used this, I, I think it was 2018 when you first got your hands on some 016?
2: Yeah, correct.
0: How did you find it uh, back then?
2: was a lot of fun you know it was uh it was something new something different something we haven't played with we you know have long worked with uh hpa and used quite a few of their different varietals and um we were doing a uh collaboration brew with um with rocky ridge out in western australia and um we had all decided that you know it would be it would be really neat to to use this hop because we'd heard great things about it so we we built a, a a very protein heavy malt bill around it we went for for broke in terms of abv and um what we wanted to pack in flavor wise. and uh yeah it turned out you know it turned out really really um uh it turned out really really nice it was it was incredibly thick and juicy and um it had uh quite a bit of pineapple on it and it had a bit of pine, probably uh, light a light bit of pine. But we also found that it had this, this
0: huge
2: kind of Mandarin kind of fruity hit that we got that we weren't really expecting based on what we had been reading into the hop and what we'd seen. And we didn't know if that was an element of um, what had happened, uh, adding the hops during active fermentation or if it was uh, what would normally happen. So it's very exciting to get a chance to brew the hop again and also do it in a kind of solo you know solo hop environment to see you know just what it does to to stand alone i guess
0: and we'll come to your beer that's part of the uh beer cartel uh mixed uh, eclipse pack uh in in a second but OJ, this is a beer that has been used uh quite extensively by brewers such as uh justin um and i think ben krause was the first to use it in the dark harvest collaboration with McKella way back in 2012 yeah, that's correct,
1: Matt. You know, obviously, uh, back in those days, this hop was uh, just like a single hill or maybe one or two hills in the breeding garden at Ross Trevor. And, uh, you know, Ben uh, Ben gives us great feedback. We work quite closely together on um, some uh, really uh, advanced sensory work in, in, in varieties that are way back in the program. And so he, uh, he liked it and included it in that dark harvest. Uh, and uh, that was the first time it made it to market. So a long time before this, uh, you know, we've reached name day.
0: <laughs> but it's because it, it, it's been interesting. I, I listen to a lot of the um, U.S podcasts and uh, just to sort of see what's going on there and particularly the uh, Steal This Beer um, that John Hole uh, does and then also the, the Beer Edge um, which is his other podcast and just over the last couple of weeks a couple of the brewers that he's had on who he has spoken to about hops that are exciting them at the moment they apropos of nothing name checked HPA 016 um, which I, I, I guess shows both how extensively it, it, it's been trickled out there for brewers to try and also how it's been embraced by brewers.
1: Yeah, we've had a long run at, um, getting it out, uh, into, into, look here in Australia, um, we've been really hitting the, hitting the street hard with it. We've had over a hundred, um, hundred and over 110 individual breweries, uh, take it up and use it, um, in the states, uh, it's gone out in a in a slightly more select manner to um, some of those kind of how uh, do I know, choose a polite word uh, people who are ready and willing to express their opinions uh, <laughs> and uh, giving useful feedback, right? So that you are giving guys can us take as pay. much feedback as possible. That's yep. exactly right. Giving us lots of meaningful feedback, and um, but also they they can be niche. Stylistic brewers, you know, over there you've got entire breweries built around uh, single single beer styles, for instance, and they're really master of their trade. So it's really interesting for us to see a hop in those settings um, with the, in the right hands, with with great feedback coming back to us, and it's all it's all in pursuit of this proof of concept, you know, that uh, that the impact in beer. Um, you know, is what we think it is, and and as Justin sort of mentioned, that mandarin that popped out unexpectedly, that's actually quite repeatable, and that has become a really central um, and repeatable, um, you know, sensory landmark for this hop. So, really, really valuable uh, journey that this hop has gone on, and and seeding it out to some of these really good breweries here in Australia and overseas, and, and collecting feedback, and yeah, it's really been uh, really been a pretty good process, and I'm really happy with. Um, with our decisions around um, naming it up and taking it
0: forward, I, I guess the flip side of having people who are willing to give uh, you know fairly uh, robust feedback is that they do give robust feedback. And uh, the the other thing that I've picked up from some of the, the US brewers that when they've talked about Southern Hemisphere hops, um, you know uh, some of the New Zealand varieties, that because as producers we're quite small. If they do fall in love with a hop, it can be a little bit hard to get hold of, and uh, to some extent, Galaxy suffered from that in its early days. Uh, is Eclipse going to be, you know, available in commercial qual- quantities uh, early? How, how how are you handling that?
1: Yeah, look, I think there's two answers to this question. Um, you can be you can be a victim of your own uh, success, as we were with Galaxy, and and really unexpectedly. Um, uh, you know, really scrambled to keep up with demand, and we and we were behind the uh, demand curve the whole time, and probably still are. Um, and then they setting yourself up to not go forward. And if and if you've if you've put one hectare of this plant in the ground and you have no plans to put a second hectare in the ground, you're really not having a solid supply promise behind it. Now, the key to success, in my opinion, is um, being able to go to brewers and say, if you want to pick this up, you can and we will be there to go with you and pursuant to that we've in the next uh, four years we've got a growth trajectory for 016 that takes it up to being the third biggest variety in hba's portfolio behind galaxy and vic secret um but a lot of people might not know this but vic secret's actually a pretty significant hop for us um and this is a way more aggressive growth strategy for eclipse than we had uh, in the plans for either galaxy or vic so for me we're 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 committed. We are backing this hop, and 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 uh, hand in gloves. There, we are backing brewers who choose to take this hop up and and put it in core product, or uh, need to come back and and get some more. So, I think we're I think we're setting ourselves up for a good shot at not being um, as far behind the demand curve as Galaxy. Um, although, if we if we happen to have created another top tier world class hop in in the way that Galaxy is, um, I won't be complaining if demand outstrips supply
0: <laughs> and which i guess is where the whole issue of our uh, contracts and uh sort of working with your hpa rep comes in
1: as always we just advocate for a constant you know conversation or, or a routine check-in or um if your plans change or if a SKU is successful or conversely gets deleted just just let us know you know if it impacts on your on your hop outlook just uh are we're, we're always available pick up the phone send us an email um it's the best way to keep ahead of you head do your supply
0: but just for those who are listening galaxy was commercialized uh way back when at six tons um you you harvested 25 tons of eclipse this year and you're tracking for 35 to 40 for the uh, 21 harvest
1: yes that's right 2009 galaxy was uh, six tons and um you know back in those days that raised some eyebrows um because that is a that is a while back now uh, for for flavour forward and you know high impact flavour hops in in our journey uh, in in that sphere anyway. But now you know 25 tonnes this year, uh, 35 to 40 depending on how harvest goes we estimate, and then tracking right out to um, 100 and around about 150 tonnes in 2024. So we've got uh, we've got a, a really solid footing. We're going to go ahead and do that. And then if there's upside above that, if we, through conversation with our customers, if we see, if we see brewers picking this up and having, having great success, like there's nothing stopping us um, adjusting plans to suit. So I really feel confident that we, we have a solid supply promise.
0: Justin, looking at the beard, you are one of the brewers, uh, you know, through Deeds uh, who has contributed to this uh variety pack um, to help release the beer. Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the, the beer that you've created and what it was about um, Eclipse that you saw fitting with uh, the, the, this beer style.
2: Well, we, um, uh, we've we been ha, known to make a couple of hazy beers, indeed, <laughs> <so> we <laughs> say the least. So we felt that we probably should uh, look at
0: uh,
2: uh, doing that again for this. Um, you know, it was awesome to get the opportunity to do it. We're very uh, honored to be called and invited into the pack. You know, remember, we looked back at what we had done with the, uh, the beer the year before. So we kind of knew we wanted to go in that direction. And we were hoping that the results, like you said earlier, OJ, are somewhat in terms of repeatable in terms of what you get when you uh, add active fermentation hops. So, yeah, we, we put a base together, um, you know, pale malt, um, wheat malt, rolled oats and a bit of chip malt. And, um, hundred percent eclipse from the kettle all the way through the end of the dry hop. You know, we kept the beer, we wanted to keep it pretty soft. So we limited it down to about 20 IBUs, which is pretty common in that, in that New England IPA style. And then, yeah, we, we ended up dry hopping it twice, uh, in the, in the cellar. Uh, and you know, that, that total rate between the two was about nine and a half grams, uh, per liter, um, which is a, which is a decent amount.
0: That'd have to make you happy, uh, OJ, when you sort of hear those sorts of volumes going into a beer.
1: Yeah, look, uh, again, I can only uh, frame it in the reference of what <laughs> beers I made commercially, and that's about double the strongest beer hopping rate I ever had. So, yes, that's a significant amount of hop. Thanks very <laughs> much, Justin. <laughs> yeah, it,
2: it kind of matches up in line with our juice train, which is at ten grams per liter, and that's our that's our highest hopped core range beer. So. The others are, you know, obviously a bit less, but um, we kind of wanted to do it in line with that to just see, you know, what kind of flavor you would get. I mean, I would hope that next year we can just max it out and rebrew it and take it to 24 grams a liter and really get a thick void and see what we got. But until then, um, I think uh, I think it was really we were really uh, happy with how it came out at that nine and a half grams. It was. Um, it, it, uh, the, the alcohol balanced in it pretty well. It, uh, it had a very happy fermentation and got to where it needed to be. So the body was just exactly where we wanted it for that, that, uh, that ABV range. And, um, yeah, just bursting, absolutely bursting with, um, with, uh, the mandarin and, and citrus. And it just, I love, it just gives you this, this little bit of pine that kind of, it reminds you that you're drinking an IPA. Because I know a lot of people, you know, with the hazy beers, you, you, you can get fruit fruit salads and that's all you taste is like orange juice, you know, early in the morning, high alcohol orange juice. But I think with this, with the pine, with that little hint in there, that little bit of spice, it just kind of reminds you that this is an IPA, by the way, fellas. So, Yeah. Yeah, very happy with how it turned out.
0: It's interesting to hear "pine" used as a descriptor again, because for a long time that was the only descriptor you heard about, uh, you know, craft beer. But we're we're now starting to see that come back a little bit.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, I feel like there was hops that have kind of been forgotten a little bit, and now as this haze craze and this style continues and evolves, it's like I think some brewers are kind of rediscovering hops that. That they they hadn't used in a while or had kind of disregarded because they didn't think it would match that that fruitball punch kind of style. Um, but you know, I think what I like about well, especially with the Eclipse, is that that versatility. You know that that little bit of pine and that little bit of spice just it's going to blend. It's going to it's going to be really nice to blend it with other hops because then you can take it in both directions. So it's pretty exciting.
0: Is it a hop that you? see as being a, a mainstay hop or is it like a, a special release hop? Well, we've upped our allocation.
2: (laughs) So, (laughs) So, you know, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've made sure that we have enough for next year. I think, you know, again, just like OJ said, in terms of conversations and whatnot, I think, you know, I think core ranges continually evolve. I think that ours is, is not really static at the moment. And I think that there's, a very, you know, I would be very, very happy to eventually, you know, potentially get it in there somewhere, depending on what the product might be. But it definitely will have a place in limiteds next, you know, next year or for the balance of this year, I, I very much look forward to brewing with it again.
0: Hops have long been the rock star of the the, the craft beer world, but we've started to see individual hops come to be name-checked in labels and that sort of thing. When you approach a beer and think of your hop bill, do you look at, you know, is there consumer pull-through for particular types of hops or is there consumer pull-through for particular beer characteristics that hops represent, if that makes sense?
2: Uh, That's a good one. That's a good question. Uh, I think for the most part, we have certain hops and we like to we like to blend to just kind of see what might come out the back end especially in in an active fermentation uh hopping scenarios um you know there's a lot of i think cheat code hops out there for that style of beer you know citra mosaic easy easy you know but i think i think when you're looking at doing different blends and pushing what flavors can be I think it's incredibly important to to blend and kind of go off the wall a little bit and try different things to to try and see what you might be able to come up with. And honestly, uh, we don't a hundred percent know what we're gonna come up with all the time because you know we're not we're not doing a huge amount of pilot batching. So a lot of the, the hops that we're putting in. And if we're doing new blends are just based on experience with previous beers. And I think another thing, you know, that one thing that we've done to help ourselves, for instance, is if we started brewing beers that only use us, it's like a single hop series. A lot of breweries do them, but for us, we kind of wanted to do it on a big beer scale to see what kind of punchy flavors we did galaxy this past year as a single hop beer, just to see standalone, what does this look like? What would this do with this and this and this? And it's kind of, helping us build our palate a little bit in-house to know how to get this, how to how to bring it together,
0: I guess. You know, Jay, it must be a big thing for brewers, particularly as we come out of, hopefully coming out of COVID and all of the challenges that brewers have faced, to give over tank time to celebrate the release of a hop like uh, Eclipse.
1: Yeah, so I... I... I'm just immensely grateful for the collaboration partners um, who who have who have taken up the challenge to be involved in the in the beer cartel Eclipse mix pack and it's a it's a tough time of year. Um, asking brewers to dedicate tank time to a one-off that might not have been in their product schedule in their uh, you know in their product mix it might might be squeezing a few core products around a bit. Uh, it, it it's not a simple ask um, and I really, you know. Justin and the other collaborators, I really appreciate the effort everyone's gone to to bring this together for us to help us celebrate this. And I'd just like to also touch on Justin's last comments about um, doing the single hop, uh, you know, full noise, single hop beers to really get a sensory point and see how those hops go in that setting, that particular setting that, that Justin's talking about. And that's really like the crux of this beer cartel pack. This is what, this is what 12 different beers in 12... Uh, interpretations of style from from uh, hoppy saisons through to niepers. um we've got dark beers we've got reds you know uh, classic west coast IPAs what this pack is about is showing uh, whether it's another brewer or a bloody beer nerd out there that that sensory journey how this hop will manifest itself in these different settings Yeah, this is this is a this is Sometimes this is really hard to do out in the trade. You've got to go and look for beers that are single hop in a different base beer style. It's, sometimes it's quite hard to put this journey together. So for me, this is a really a cool shortcut to um, a really complete sensory mind map of what this hop's capable of doing in, in different base beer styles. It's, it's uh, something that hasn't been done before by hop, uh, hop growers and uh, only very rarely... Has it been done by brewers in you know, a in a limited sense, and so yeah, we're out and we're out in some uh, back here, and I hope it hope people find the the beers satisfying, and and i certainly the ones I've seen so far have been excellent, so uh, really hopeful that it all comes together for us.
0: Oh look, and, and I'm, I mean I'm certainly looking forward to it because as you say, it's uh, it, it's you know. A unique way to see how beer expresses, how a hop expresses itself in a variety of beers that haven't been collaborated between the breweries, but they've taken the the hop and run for it. From HPA's point of view, I, I guess that's the thing. A, a pack like this is very much consumer focused. Um, it gives you some interesting feedback as hop growers about how brewers are are using it, but I guess it's really targeted at consumers. Is there a hope that consumers Themselves will fall in love with a hop like Eclipse. Going back to my question to Justin, I think it's
1: it's still it's still out there in the realms of the holy grail that we get um, we get a, a beer, an average Joe beer drinker walking into a bottle shop, looking at a fridge facing and saying, "Ah, that one says it's made with Galaxy <laughs> Eclipse." You know, <laughs> I know what that means. I know that that Eclipse beer is going to lead with a sweet, sweet mandarin. I want that, and pulling it off the shelf on account of the strength of the the hop uh, brand identity, you know, the equity in that that hop variety. I think we're away from that a little, bit, but but you know, damn it, this is a great way to try and highlight it and to keep continually bringing hops to the fore in the in the beer space. I think we need to from a um, from a perspective of consumer engagement, and um, you know, people look for a lot in their consumable products now, and I and I think brewers and understand this and I think um highlighting and heroing ingredients is uh, is tried and true and and we we need to keep exploring different um means by which to to highlight this and hops are and for me obviously who where I'm standing at the moment is a bit of a no-brainer we should celebrate the hop in every beer. Um but uh but uh, to connect that flavour, connect that sensory outcome with that hop variety—that's that's what this pack's all about. And and I think it not to be underplayed that um, the brewers who we're going to send a few of these cartons around the place to some brewers, and they're brewers are beer drinkers too. And and it, it'll I reckon it'll have a uh, a different but similar impact on the minds of brewers because they will be con- intimately connected with what they. Interpret the uh, the collaborating brewers' intents were behind these recipes and this hop application, and and Justin's descriptions of how he's used his hop, you know, at his at his nine and a half grams a litre in the double dry hop setting. And we know the the biotransformational um, capabilities of some of those new yeast strains out there. Uh, that means something to brewers drinking that beer, and and I reckon that's the real power in this. That that establishes it in. Uh, the sensory outcomes in the minds of those people who are going to go out and look to look to make their own recipes and look to vision flavor outcomes and now they, they'll have a, a path with which to get there in a shorter period of time.
0: Absolutely look um, it, it's, it's interesting that you say that about uh, hops because I'd, if it's not already a hop like Galaxy would almost be on the cusp of having fairly broad consumer um recognition thanks to you know like the, the the whole that whole um pacific ale style of beer um that you know stone and wood launch with it, at the start would you be hoping that you know eclipse would be getting that sort of resonance in the marketplace
1: i don't think it'll happen overnight I, I, so i agree with your your comments at the top there i think galaxy would be the one that's closest to having some um you know uh, household recognition um uh but of course I, th- I think we're we also live in our craft bubble somewhat <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure sh- yeah um i'm not sure that everyone could name the four ingredients of beer in the first place so to <laughs> to, to ask to ask them to identify the hop, and it's a pretty big challenge but i think i think you're right galaxy has definitely got the most traction for us and courtesy of some some pretty high profile um activity over the last few years eclipse I reckon has the same potential. And I say that because our feedback from our um, trials and from, from brewer engagement over the last few years has been really consistent. And it's and it's a very consistent mandarin plus the, the then spreading complexity of citrus and, and other fruit. So I think it's got the potential to cut through um, beer styles and, and hop blends um, and with time, you know, and we're talking years and years, um, it'll it'll find popularity and, and be on the shelf. The important part here about registering on the consumer's mind is that it's a bit of a real estate game. You've got to get that beer, that hop in that beer and on that shelf for the consumer to have an experience with it. So that takes a bit of time.
0: Mm.
1: But I do I do think it has got that potential to um, to register in the same way that Galaxy does.
0: Oh, well, uh, I guess happy naming day to to Eclipse, formerly HPA016. And uh, Justin Corbett from Deeds Brewing, thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to uh, getting my hands on the uh, pack so I can try your uh, – does it have a name? I don't think we've uh, name-checked it here.
2: Uh, well, we took uh, we took inspiration from um, Dark Side of the Moon, and uh, the name of the beer is uh, And Everything Under the Sun Is In Tunes. Eh. And obviously, the sun is eclipsed by the moon, which is totally topical right now. With what's going on in the world? But uh, yeah, that's kind of where we pulled our inspiration from for that beer. Eclipse being, you know, one of my all-time favorite songs. So we kind of, uh, kind of give a nod to the boys on that
0: one. Excellent. Well, really looking forward to trying it. And OJ, uh, congratulations! It's, it's It must be exciting to see uh, one of the children grow up and fly the coop. Oh,
1: absolutely! It's um, it's uh, it's. It's a nervous time and a busy time, and I just hope. Uh, uh, I wonder if it's a bit like your, your children. You know, I wonder if they hope you hope that they, you know, fulfil their uh, potential. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, but it is. It's um, the whole team's pretty um, pretty fired up at the moment, and um, great timing for us coming into the next growing season. Uh, you know, training and stringings underway on farm. The uh, the next round of the next. Uh, cohort of of cultivars out of the breeding program will be in the ground you know march april it's just going to be a really exciting uh lead into our peak
0: season however that looks uh, as, as we sort of hopefully emerge from covid
1: yeah look fingers crossed we're um we're we're still we're still managing our farms as if we were, uh, as if we were expecting to um, operate as we did this March, when um, you know hospitality shut mm. down on the twenty second of March, right, right, right in harvest for us. So it was pretty touch and go there for a while, and we'll, we're preparing setting up our covid safe plans for that sort of uh, that sort of style this year regardless of how we're tracking generally.
0: Well no doubt we'll touch base with you a little bit closer to uh, to harvest to find out about you know what the program of visiting brewers if if any is is, is going to be and uh, how it's all looking but for today uh, Owen Johnson uh, HPA and uh, Justin Corbett from Deeds Brewing thank you very much for joining me to uh, talk a little bit about the naming of eclipse.
1: Thanks Matt and thanks Justin sure, we really thank appreciate
0: you. it. Thanks. You can download a full transcript of this conversation with links to other information in the show notes to this episode. Brewery Pro content is presented by Brews News and is designed for the brewing industry professional. If you have any suggestions for topics that we can cover, email us at cheers at Thank you for listening.